Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be across the nation or around the world. Once again, you're listening to the VMR Communities Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 473. Today is April 17th, 2019, after Talk Day. John, how you doing? Doing really well. Just uh, back in the, uh, the podcast booth to give the Color of the Bay report. Across the Dumbarton Bridge today, beautiful sky blue water. Beautiful sky, actually. It's uh, great weather in the Bay. It is amazing that when we finally get summer showing up, it's going to be like 70 or 80 tomorrow, yeah. that the, the, the bay actually does turn blue, right? And yeah, you get a different color, which Shocking. is why we do that. Uh, on the show today, we're going to just do a, a open mic roundtable. We have a bunch of different topics to talk about. Um, we have Code Meetup uh, with Dan Ellison. He's on the call. We're going to go to him first. We have Twitch live streaming with uh, Noel Greer. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the code program at VMworld and VMworld in general. And then we'll probably finish up with a little vSphere, VSphere 6.7 update too. Uh, so it should be a fun show today. Uh, we've got Kripa. We've got John. Myself, we've got Dan, we've got Corey on the call. So we're going to have what I would call a traditional communities roundtable podcast uh, with a bunch of different subjects. But the first up is uh, going to be talking to Dan Ellison, uh, who's an evangelist, and he's doing a VMware Code Meetup tonight. So we thought we would just have him join us call quickly. Tell us uh, what he's talking about. So Dan, welcome to the show again. You're running a meetup in Prom uh, C on the VMware campus. We're going to live stream that tonight. What are you uh, covering this evening? Yeah, thanks very much, Eric. Actually, uh, Crip is running a meetup. She's just been kind enough to let me participate in it. Uh, so <laughs> we're going to be uh, we're going to be sharing the stage tonight with our friends from uh, Armory.io. Um, and so for for anyone that that may not be familiar with Armory, uh, they're a small uh, startup out here in the Bay, and they are working uh, on and around the Spinnaker open source project. So um, Spinnaker is a modern continuous delivery platform. Uh, it is you know, built out of Netflix uh, and their open sourcing program. Uh, and so you know, we're going to be talking to them about how we can use Spinnaker to deploy um, code against the uh, you know, Kubernetes offerings that we have here at VMware these days. Um, specifically tonight, we'll be looking at uh, a cluster running Essentials PKS, um, the artists formerly known as, uh, as Heptio. Uh, prior to the acquisition, uh, but we'll be talking about some of the other PKS platforms and, and Kubernetes in general as well. That sounds that sounds great. Uh, I know that Julia is going to be live streaming that on the, uh, the VMware Code uh, site uh, you know, on Facebook, and so people that want to watch that session, you can go go watch that. We also keep that up as a pre-recording, so uh, it, it sounds good. So, are you going to be doing the talk, or is it going to be the the, the guys from the company that's representing you know the Spinner Spinnaker in, implementation? Who's actually going to be the speaker tonight? Well, actually, we're going to try to share it. So uh, uh, Brandon Powell from Armory is, is a software engineer over there, and, and he's coming out. So he's going to join me, uh, and, and we're going to try to, uh, to combine a little bit or leverage what he knows about the ins and outs of Spinnaker, uh, and then a bit of uh, what I can talk to about PKS. So we're going, to, we're going to try and mix and match tonight and see how it goes. Sounds neat. Sounds neat. I, I have been watching some YouTube videos on kind of cloud-native architectures and the new application architecture, right? And it, it's interesting because it's 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 one component of new architecture for apps that everybody's starting to build, right? Around uh, services and whether you do microservices or macroservices or one service, right? Like there's this whole dialogue on the architecture around the service component of it and how granular do you want your services and how do you track it? And this guy. I'm watching, he was like, they did a big implementation. They didn't mention the company, but they, he basically came back and said, yeah, we did way too many services. You know, the, most, the, the max number of services you want to build when you're building an application like this is maybe six. Mm -hmm. right? just, just make pile things into one big service because at least you can track it down. Then the other component of the cloud-native app is actually the deployment and the, and the whole infrastructure. And they actually had implemented this right before Kubernetes hit the market, right? Like Google was working on it right as they built a, a modern framework. And so they built this whole dynamic you know, infrastructure based on components that they kind of got uh, third-hand open source projects to gluing that all together. But it really is about, you know, having Docker containers that, uh, you know, that are 
comprised of your application infrastructure, uh, your GitHub repositories that are then comprised with where mm -hmm. you check in your new build, and then the ops process from checking it in to pulling down your the, the proper Docker container, marrying that code, and then pushing it out into your cloud deployments, right? And they had handcrafted all this, and now they, they're, they're like, we would have been better off having Kubernetes, right? right Kubernetes right. bundles that all together. Uh, and then you have your building of your application. And it was kind of like we they had a brownfield implementation that already existed. They left that alone, and they re-engineered everything into services. And it was kind of an interesting hour-long talk where an architect came through. Uh, and so you realize that if you're going to build modern-day uh, apps, Dan, I'll come back to you, you really do have to pick the, the framework and the tools, whether it be Kubernetes uh, along with Spinnaker, to kind of drive the, the uh, operational process of doing you know, just-in-time you know, releases of your code base and microservice updates as part of one big uh, architecture. Yeah, um, and so I think what we've seen, too, is you know, as, as people did a lot of the tooling that, that you just um, talked about, Eric, you know, even though, you know, CI and CD, so, so continuous um, implementation and then continuous, uh, or continuous integration, sorry, and continuous deployment, were always talked about as two concepts. People kind of did them as, as one massive process out of the same toolkit a lot of the time. So you'd see, you know, these Jenkins right. builds or other tools that were kind of this, this monolithic thing that, you know, it pulled code and it did all sorts of different stages and branches and, and things, and eventually it, you know, put it into an image or an artifact, and then it would also do the deploys and everything else. Um, I, what we're finding, and, and I think what Spinnaker is all about, is, you know, these are two separate processes, and, and now that the um, toolkit has changed and not everything's getting deployed on-premises, uh, it, you know, it makes sense in a way to, um, to handle them as, as two fundamentally different processes. And so Spinnaker is really, you know, how do I get um, the most flexibility and the most controllability out of the deployment piece of that? Um, and then the, the assumption that is kind of fundamentally there is that, you know, some form of Git repository um, is acting, uh, you know, as the uh, continuous integration point. Um, so that Git repo is acting as your, your source of truth from a code perspective. Okay, and with that, thank you very much. Um, I want to be respectful of your time. I know you have another meeting booked at this time. So, Dan, I'm going to let you go. Thanks a lot, and we'll see you tonight at the meetup. We give we serve pizza, but uh, we also live stream it, so you won't get any pizza if you're live streaming. I'll switch over to Crippa. We'll talk a little bit more about meetups in general. Dan, thanks a lot for jumping on the call, and good luck with your talk tonight. Thanks, everybody. See you this evening. Okay. All right, so Kripa, you've been running meetups, and uh, yeah. you know we got to say that uh, now we got our own meetup group, right? So it's no longer just using everybody else's meetup group; it's our own meetup group. Yeah, and I'm really excited about tonight. Dan and his team have been super integral in building our own code meetup group, and he's a great speaker. His power sessions at VMworld and reInvent—they're all completely full. So if you haven't heard him speak in person, tonight's your chance. We'll right. be giving away some swag which I'm not going to name what it is. You have to come to find out what it is. Mm, right. so, we, should, we should have a way of doing that. If you watch a live stream and you comment on the, on the live stream chat window, maybe you know, we'll pick somebody and mail it out too. That would be kind of fun right? Yeah, for question. all the people that, uh, yeah. that join us. And hey, guys out on Facebook, nice seeing you. As always, I got to say, it's pretty interesting. I'll talk a little bit about Twitch in a, in a, in a little bit about how it is on live streaming on Twitch. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, so you're, you've got meetups. Uh, I hear you might be going to Singapore as well to do a, another another code event in Singapore. Yeah, we're planning a hackathon with the Singapore team at VMware um, and APJ. So pretty excited for that. It's the first one that they're running, so they wanted to see how we run ours and have code come out there and evangelize the program. Out there. I'm sorry, did you just say that you needed me to come with you on Eric's time? Is that yeah, we'd like to come. Okay. We All just right. have overflowing budgets. Okay. It's just amazing. They just, they just give us tons of money to go everywhere. And speaking of that, uh, when we talk about meetups or we talk about code yeah. and going places, uh, I heard that we we ordered uh, the code uh, you know booth that will travel. So I yeah, think we, we did. Uh, so in getting out to meetups, we've we've been honing in on uh, having a, a mobile booth. So wh what are we getting with that? So we're getting two 10 by 10 backdrops. So if we wanted to go to a 10 by 10 booth, then we have one. If we want to go 20 by 20, then we have two different backdrops that kind of create their own booth. And then we're also getting 
a code podium and we just put in all the final artwork and everything for that this week so we should have them in the next week or so what I, what yeah. I think what I think about is that these are uh, things that collapse into a suitcase yeah. so that we can send one or two people to an event and pop up a basically a 20 by 20 foot wall with lighting so mm -hmm. this stuff has you know mm -hmm. lighting and one of the one of the one of the pop-ups has the white space that we can then project so we can also have that same poor soul that we put on an airplane actually take a projector. Oh, okay. uh, and now we have the ability to show up to a VMUG, UserCon, yeah. or even a VMUG meeting mm -hmm. with kind of a whole code presence that fits in somebody's suitcase, right? Which yeah. I got to say, that's kind of neat. And then honing in on the Raspberry Pis uh, with little mini displays means that we can show up with little compute units to do demos and kind of hand little labs as well where we send two people and we have our whole code stage with code podium and everything. And so we basically have the ability to go to these type of events really uh, low cost, you know, fly in on one day, fly back out the next day or maybe the day after that and uh, run, a, run a code event out, out, in, out in the world, which is what you're focused on. Yeah, it's a code pop-up. You never know where we're going to yeah, pop up. Yeah, pop up. Nice. Right, right, right. So kind of excited about that. and. Uh, we should also probably also talk a little bit about um, code and uh, VMworld. So there has been some progress. I know that we've had call for sessions. Maybe you should give us an update on uh, where we are when it comes to code sessions. Yeah, we just uh, closed call for papers for code sessions a couple of days ago. We had over 150 submissions. So wow. That's, yeah. that's a good number. That's a good number. Yeah. And I, I think we've been a little bit worried because the sessions are full hour-long sessions for a lot of these guys. And we, we did the numbers. They gave us one session room. It will be near the code booth. But if you do one-hour sessions, that means we only have 28 slots. Oof. That's kind of concerning. So yeah. what are we doing? We have a power session theater as well. Oh, wow. So. Nice. It's going to be a really cool area. We're going to have the breakout theater for the longer sessions, and then we're going to do the 30-minute talks inside a power session theater, and then we're also going to have another area for our lab and a coffee bar and other code activities. So it should be it's wow. going to be a whole code code world. Yeah. Wow. And I think that's actually bigger then because now we've not only got our power session theater, yeah. uh, but then we have a dedicated session room for the longer sessions that will fit 100 plus people in the, some of those bigger sessions, which we know which sessions are popular, so that should be good. I'm sure Dan Ellison's, you know, his is going to be super oh, yeah. popular, so yeah. yeah, we'll be all over Just that. Just like last year. Right. Yeah, right. you want to hear him talk. Right. And then at the at the same time we have a, an area for the for the code booth, so yeah. we're looking for that. And then the last thing is we're still on the fence on whether I think we're going to get keynote rooms for three different keynotes per day, but we have to decide whether we're going to make that investment or not. Because right? like yeah. the the keynote speakers are big. There's some dollar amounts on the one of the keynote speakers, which we haven't completely signed yet, but he's famous. So we might pull off a whole code event inside mm -hmm. of a wow. VMworld event with. Uh, with a big big name speaker, and then we obviously have the Kubernetes founders who would uh, do a keynote. And I think we're meeting with Women Who Code reps uh, right oh, after the podcast right after. to talk about a third keynote for the three days, so yeah. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So it could be could be interesting. We'll see where this all lands. Team, um, three years from now, VMware Code Conference completely separate. That's what we're trying for this year. We we almost tried for it this year. We almost had the. Uh, Yerba Buena Center for the Performing Arts dedicated to code, oh, wow. which then would have been a full code venue, right? Mm -hmm. Where we got Kubernetes, we got kind of some cool space. We have 15,000 people in code now, uh, and everybody needs to get where this is going, which mm -hmm. is automation. Uh, interestingly enough, when, you're, when we're at VMUGs and we ask how many people have you know, multi-cloud environments. There's 250 people in there. Only seven raised their hands. Uh, if you talk to them about how many people have any kind of modern cloud-native apps running, or if, if, if there's maybe only 10 people raise their hand for that. But over time, uh, this is going to be kind of where you know infrastructure is going to have to go. Right? Uh, infrastructure will be automated. It will be automated with developers. And so over time, we're you know VMware is going to be a leader in this space. Um, I know that we've talked to AWS reInvent people again, and we're asking for a 30 by 30 foot booth again. 
So if anybody has any money, you know, buddy, you know, help us fund that. I have no budget. Yeah, I talked to your boss. Oh, she's, she's, she's the one with the budget. She's very excited. I think she likes what John White is doing, <laughs> especially on that podcast stuff. So, um, so that's uh, that's our space planning, right? We're yeah. gonna have good space, uh, session rooms, power sessions. How are we gonna let people know whether they got a session or not? They'll find out soon. We're gonna go through sessions and they'll get emails. So keep an eye out on your inbox in the next couple of weeks right. to find out. And then we're still running meetups, one one a month. Yeah, right? one a month. I think our next one is scheduled for May 29th. So they're really just one after another. Right. Now, right. there is one roadkill casualty in this space at VMworld. I think we are going to kill what? You know what I'm talking about? What are we killing at VMworld? Not the coffee bar. Not the no, coffee no, bar. No, no, no. no. We're oh, staying with it. That's the last to go. We are not going to have a hackathon this year. Uh, yeah, I think that's what's a. We were spending upwards of a hundred grand uh, for the two hackathons. Uh, I think it was yeah, hundred thousand dollars for each hackathon. And if we look at the people that are doing the hackathon, it was fun. Mm -hmm. They're absolutely cool to do. I like doing them. Uh, but to get a separate space in the evening with food, buses, travel, everything yeah. to go there, it, it's 100000 And we can spend that 100000 on kind of the expansion of the code uh, inside of VMworld, the code yeah. area, code labs, speakers, uh, sessions with passes for those people that are going to do the big speakers. And so I think we're shifting the budget criteria around a little bit where the one that's going to probably be left on the table is the hackathon, unless we can do it sometime at the event. Yeah, yeah. maybe the yeah. last day. Yeah, yeah, or so, yeah. Maybe we'll have some space we can squeeze in something or do something. Yeah. But I think the evening party where we spend fifty grand, bus everybody to do a hackathon, probably is not going to be where we spend our money. Probably going to spend our money on Raspberry Pis with Kubernetes clusters. Mm. Right? Uh, so I think that that's the one that well, I'm working is, on now. I think it, you know inevitably when we move back to San Francisco, you know, with the increased cost in space and right. and you know the the fact that you actually have to travel around to get more space, you know, things yeah. are just going to fall. Yeah. By the wayside. Yeah, probably. The other thing that I like better around the space is structured code activities mm. versus hackathon is kind of unstructured. Mm -hmm. People make up what they want to do, and, and we get you know some more interesting things, but they're very power CLI focused. Mm -hmm. They're where people are comfortable, and so people don't step out of the box and learn a new skill. They basically hack on things that they already know, right? Mm -hmm. So guys bring their whole server rack in, and you know it's power CLI or automation, vRealize. It's it's stuff that they know, and I think what we're trying to do is like get people to step out of the box a little bit and uh, explore interesting technologies around Kubernetes and uh, infrastructure as code that's a, a bit a bit more, well, I wouldn't call it modern, but just in a different space. Maybe so, focused with like maybe, you know, yeah. a specific set of challenges. Right. right. Oh, that would be interesting. Anyway, so yeah, that's, that's what we're doing uh, for VMworld. So it's ramping up. I'm excited yeah. about it. Um, Crypto's been killing herself, and you got the today. you got the booth, and you're going to be traveling all over the place. And we're definitely planning on going to some more VMUGs. Uh, yeah. We we tried. I got to apologize. We tried to get to Milwaukee to do uh, another one just for fun. And uh, Tony Reeves and others that are out in Milwaukee, sorry about that. It was just too close to April 15th, which was the tax day, and I still had work to do on the 15th. So right. getting on a plane on the 15th to go uh, on VMUG. Plus, they didn't give me the space, so I would have had to camp at, out in the um, in the kind of the pavilion where they have other vendors, which would have been fine. I don't mind that, but we don't have our backdrops yet. So, and it was April 16th, so sorry about that. Uh, we didn't get that booked, but I think we're going to try to book a few more VMUGs, uh, working with Ann Johnson and crew to make that happen. And we are going to try to do a Kubernetes on uh, Raspberry Pi next. So not only the sensor one, but the Raspberry Pi one. So great stuff for VMware Code. So, uh, Crip, I know you're good for the first half an hour, so we're, we're going to let you step away Thanks at some point. Me. And uh, we'll do a, a switch gears and talk a little bit to Noelle Greer, who I think is on the call. I heard Noelle I, yeah. uh, chime in yep. earlier. Oh, fantastic. Noelle, how's it going down there in uh, Orlando? Are you having uh, nice weather down there? We should say, Hi, what's Sarah. the color of the... The, the, the color the, of the ocean? The, the golf. Yeah. <laughs> 
color the color of the Atlantic, Gulf. I wouldn't know. I'm over here tucked away in Orlando, so it's been a while since I've been to I'm not close enough to the ocean. Um, so no. we, we thought we would, yeah, we thought we would uh, chat with you a little bit about uh, the Twitch stuff that's going on. I know that yeah. uh, we yeah. spun up some Twitch Twitch channels. Uh, so why don't you tell us a little bit yeah. about what we're doing on Twitch? Okay. So we've been tossing around this idea of moving some CloudFred play or seeing if we can integrate it at all with Twitch because Twitch has been a popular gaming platform for the last couple of years and it's you know on fire. And we've been discussing now for a good while about how, how can we leverage Twitch? How can we move in that direction? What can we offer our audience and our community that we can't quite offer on CloudCred? And so we decided let's try live streaming on Twitch some really challenging uh, technical tasks. And so that kind of led to brainstorming the CloudCred Pro League. And we tapped eight total CloudCred players who are long-term, excellent players, great community members that you know, many of us know and are familiar with. And they have agreed to become our CloudCred Pro League. And they each have Twitch accounts. You can go to Twitch and you can find the CloudCred Pro League Twitch account. You can find all of our eight pro players. And we created matches and a season. Well, our, our first season now that we just launched is the um, vSphere 6-7 season. And in that, we've got several matches that we're going to play, six-week matches. And the first match that we just kicked off is the upgrade to vSphere 6-7 match. So these eight guys are going to tackle you know, like the challenges and intricacies of upgrading to 6-7, but they're going to live stream it on their mm -hmm. Twitch account. And they'll still be integrated with CloudCred because there's still CloudCred points associated uh, with these tasks. They're going to be tracked on our CloudCred world landing page, which is another thing. But um, the advantage we hope is that people will learn to follow these Twitch players and watch their live streams so that we can kind of look over their shoulders while they're doing this stuff. You know, and we can see kind of in real time what they're struggling with, their successes, you know, what their labs look like and learn by watching each one of these eight, they're all guys, so I'll be able to say guys, guys per perform these tasks on Twitch. So we've just started. Um, so a lot of these pro players are kind of chipping away right now on the first task, which um, is to install and configure vCenter server for Windows 6.0 or 6.5. Um, we may actually modify this task a little to include the option to migrate your existing Windows-based vCenter and PSD to the VCA or the appliance-based version so that you have that option because um, the next version of vSphere is not going to include vCenter for Windows. So I think I'll probably modify that task to give you the option. But so far, these guys are tackling that task. We've had two people live stream so far. So it's pretty exciting. We've gotten some really good content already um, and some really good feedback. So uh, you know, over the course of the next six weeks, they'll chip away at these next three or four tasks that are all involved in the different components of upgrading to vSphere 6.7. Nice, nice. I like it. And uh, I, I opened up CloudCred, so cloudcredibility.com. Uh, and I switched worlds to the Pro League world, and I'm looking at uh, the Pro League players and uh, the guys that are showcased on there, and I, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, so you're, you're not lying, there are eight Twitch yep. players with their Twitch accounts there, so I can go to any one of these guys on that page. So just do a shout out to Doug Talaferio, I don't know how to say his last name. Doug Talaferio, mm-hmm. Telefiario, got it. Uh, Lino Tellaro, mm -hmm. Dave Simpson, Andre Mario, uh, Andy Nash, Rob Bishop, Garth Edwards, and oh, look at that. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. who's that? Eric Nielsen. Nice. Guy, He's got a Twitch account. Friend. 
I, I hear love his handle. Live streamed. I yeah, I, I think yeah, that he's he, actually yeah. live streamed. Geekin on hardware. That's a that's an that's an awesome handle. I like that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I have I have twitched. Uh, I got I got some learning. So I uh, I set up my Windows 10 machine at home. Got OBS, which is Open Broadcasting Platform, and uh, got a screen capturing. Got a video card that can screen capture and do everything it needs to do at the same time. Managed to get a camera on my my, my Windows box that's aiming at me. Still don't have a really good mic. I realize that when you're twitching, you have to have a good mic. If the mic is yeah. on the camera, you're yeah, not gonna. Okay. It's not gonna work. You can't have a full headphone because you look retarded. Um, no, sorry. Uh, a lot of people do challenged. that. Challenged. Shouldn't use A lot word. of people do that. Uh, uh, gamers. Right. On Twitch. Right. Yeah. In fact, uh, they'll they'll advertise their their headphones. Yep. Yep. So. Um, and their mics. Right. So I, I have to I have to get a better mic because I'm I sound like I'm in a cave when I'm um, live streaming. Uh, but I did live stream and then I I did an introduction and I am going to actually I'm starting with. Uh, Installing a, a workstation so that I can have a VM, and I'm going to go directly into setting up a vCenter server from the the, the appliance, right? So I can run the appliance. So I'm not going to go to the Windows old version. Why bother? I need to because right. mine is Greenfield anyway. Uh, then I, I did showcase my uh, micro server that I'm going to be using as my home lab. So I showcased that and uh, and did twitching. And I would say that. Twitching is harder than even podcasting. Oh wow! Uh, because you 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 have to focus on the screen, mm -hmm. talk to the screen. Where when we're podcasting, we're thinking you know five minutes out what we're going to be talking about, right? Right, right? Or at least a minute. I'm thinking what I'm going to say next. What are the subjects I'm going to say next? And then when I'm talking, I'm really talking mentally. Even though we are obviously on Facebook, I'm not looking at the camera. We're basically mentally podcasting in our minds, right? Mm -hmm. And then we're listening to our headphones, we're listening to our voices, I'm listening to you guys talk, where when you're twitching, you actually got to look at the camera a little bit, you have to watch the screen, and you have to watch where your mouse is going, and you have to be talking to your mouse. Yeah. Because you're, they're actually not watching you, they're watching the screen, the screen and the what screen. you're doing on the screen. Mm -hmm. Where in podcast world, they're not, they're not really watching anything. The cameras, they're kind of watching us at the table, and basically that's all they're doing there. Uh, where when you're twitching, you actually have to, and you have to be kind of dynamic, because you're yeah. explaining what you're doing while you're, yeah, you know, mousing around. So. No John White monotone. Yeah, no John White monotone. You have to drop the uhs because there's a lot when you're actually using your computer, you're pausing, you're thinking about what to click on. That gets hard to manage. But we're doing it. And I would say that I watched uh, Andreas. Uh, he's gone through right. the whole process. He installed uh, the vCenter server for Windows. And it was fascinating to watch him. And it was, it was actually really interesting to hear his commentary of what was going on. He opened up Task Manager. He showed the things that were installing, yeah. why they were. He went into the log files. He opened up the log files and took you through where there were errors that were known errors, where there were errors that weren't known, and how to try to solve them. So it was actually really interesting. And I tell you, if I were going through more advanced topics like vSAN or NSX, I would go watch these things. Because yeah. right? yeah. here's somebody doing it that has obviously practiced doing it because yeah. that's the other thing about twitching. You kind of want to know how to play the game while you're doing it. Right. You don't want to be learning how to play, play while you're you know, doing a live stream. Uh, but it, it, it has what's really the first week or two that we've actually gotten Twitch streams going where we're actually uh, recording what administ administrators are doing and showcasing those activities. So I think it would be cool. And then because we have eight players, um, if you don't like the way I'm presenting it, you, you don't like the way Andre's playing it, you can go watch Andy Nash and see how he's doing it. Right. So you get kind of a different perspective of how guys, and yeah. everybody's on a slightly different amount of gear, right? So they're I'm running super micros. Uh, I have my my storage is a big giant uh, SSD that's mm -hmm. embedded in the machine. So I got like a I think it's a terabyte memory SSD that's in. But everybody will have their own different setups. So it, you should get some flavor of how to do this across different platforms as well. 
Which is Noel. I, I got to say thanks for thanks for making this happen and organizing yeah. the people. It's it's a brand new service that we'll we'll get yep. some feedback from the community on how this works. Yep. I'm excited. Um, I'm glad we kind of followed through with this. You know, it, it's been an idea for such a long time, and you know, talking and talking and talking. But now that we actually have some content up, it's really it's quite valuable. You know, I've watched right. Andrea's specifically. And um, boy, he, he fills it chock full of um, interesting tidbits and behind the scenes, you know, pointers and chit chat that it's really quite interesting. So, now the question, and like you say, to your point, you know, you have eight different people playing, so you can get different aspects of this migration or this um, upgrade from eight different perspectives. Now the other thing on this is that you don't actually have to be playing CloudCred. You can just go look them up on their Twitch channel. So if you want to give me a follow, um, I could use some more followers because it turns out you have to be an affiliate member to be able to record and then upload. Uh, and I'm not an affiliate member because I have to have 50 followers. Got so it. if you want to go give me a follow. Follow all, all, uh, all eight of them. I don't care about everybody else because I'm competing with those other people, really. You know, they can get their own right, followers. Right, right, right. right. I'm Eric and I Pro, E-R-I-T-N-I Pro. So if you go to twitch.tv, I think it's twitch.tv uh, slash Eric and I Pro. That is uh, my Twitch handle. Uh, you can go there, give me a follow. Even if you're never going to ever watch me, you could give me a follow because then I will reach that 50 follower mark and I can actually get the uh, next level up which will allow me to pre-record my Twitch streams and then upload them. Uh, Twitch has taken away the upload feature as of April 10th. They took it away. Oh, wow. You have to have 50 followers. Mm -hmm. You have to have yeah, X number of hours per month to hit that uh, the next level up, which I, I forget what they call it. The, uh, where, you, where they're actually paying you money. I, they're not going to pay me any money because I'm not going to have that many followers. But, but you have to make that level up so that you can actually upload your stuff. And uh, same thing with uh, all of the, the, the Twitch players. On the cloudcredibility.com cloud pro, pro League page world, you can go select there, and there is a link to everybody's uh, Twitch yeah. account. I'm just joking. Go go give them all a follow if you're listening to this. Yeah, yeah go go to uh, twitch.tv uh, or go to cloudcredibility.com. I should give everybody a list of the people we need you to follow. Uh, twitch.tv slash Eric and I pro. Uh, twitch.tv slash. If they do find your account and they click on who you're following, you're following all the other pros. So that's that's another way of finding all the others. Oh, correct. You can just You're look at following them. all of them. Yeah. Right, and I am following all of them. Right. So, uh, yep. V Pro Garth is uh, his. I'll just read them out. V Pro Bish uh, is uh, Rob Bishop. Uh, Andy Nash ninety nine is Andy. Uh, Andreo Underbar Moro, M-A-U-R-O, so Andrea, A-N-D-R-E-A, Underbar, M-A-U-R-O. Uh, I don't know if he's Dave Simpson. This is going to be, uh, I don't know, BFD Underbar Diplomacy. Okay. And Leono Tellera, L-I-N-O-T-E-L-E-R-A. And the last one, just to be fair, Doug T. Pro, or Doug Telferio, uh, Doug T. Pro. So anyway, give those guys a follow on Twitch TV. Help us get going. They'll all make that next level, and that will help us upload uh, pre-recorded videos as opposed to having to do everything through live streaming, uh, which is what we all are today. We're all live streamers. So that should be fun. A uh, lot, of, lot of neat stuff. There, we're excited. I know the task is going to move into uh, the next matches. We absolutely have the tasks laid out there. And if you're on CloudCred, you can actually, if you're interested in going and doing the tasks and getting points for them, uh, you can actually, we, we publish the tasks, right? So we have the pro tasks, but then we also publish them in the game. You can go do them as well. Yep. Nice. Anybody That's do any yet? Um, I think so. Let me, well, I'm actually that was a very timid yes. Right. <laughs> they are listed in the home lab, 
upgrade to vSphere 6.7 badge. So if you just want okay. to find those tasks there in the home lab, upgrade to vSphere 6.7 badge. That's the easiest way right. to find them all. And who originally gave us those tasks? It was from from the vSphere team. I forget his that name. That was, oh, um, Adam Eckerly. Adam, yeah, Adam thanks for helping. Yep, those yep. were originally from he, him. And I think he gave us those tasks like eight months ago, and we like finally got them up, got them in the system. And <laughs> right. we did it, and Adam. And everybody is now twitching, so we're very excited about that as I, okay. as I twitch a little bit. Everybody's okay. twitching. I'm, I'm excited that Eric and I cry twitch. I'm not, I'm not sure the word is twitching or not. I listen to my live stream and I have like 600 uhs while I'm trying to move the mouse, uh, <laughs> which I have a tendency to do that anyway. But, uh, we're we're moving along. Okay, Noel, thank you for jumping on the call. And you're welcome. Sure. Shout out to everybody on the pro teams that are actually uh, setting up those Twitch environments and making that happen. Yep. And go give us a follow because it'll help us move forward with this. It's kind of cool, new platform, new channel, and we'll see how it goes. And you can give us comments on the sidebar. So if you have any ideas, um, Twitch allows you to comment on the videos, so we, we can do those, and we will happily do those. And I can see, I can see John's mind going already. I go, oh, I need to get one of those. I need to, I need to be twitching. Yeah, I exactly. need to be twitching. Yeah, yeah. that's a direct it's quote quite, from me. It's quite easy to set up. Yeah, you can do it. You should do it. All right. I, I, we just need to look up the official vocabulary for that. I don't think you're supposed to be saying twitching. Twitching. I'm pretty sure it's streaming. It's streaming. Maybe it's I'm live streaming. I'm live streaming. streaming. Live streaming. Twitch. I'm streaming. I think there's. For these guys, I, I don't know what it is, but I think there's one word, but I don't know what it would be. I, I vote that you keep on saying twitching because it's hilarious. It, it is hilarious. It is hilarious. I have a I have a CRISPR lab. I do DNA editing for mm -hmm. fun, and uh, for the first year, I called it uh, a CRISPR. Yeah, until somebody <laughs> pointed out that uh, it's CRISPR, C-R-I-S-P-R, and you're not really CRISPRing. It's a process, and we don't really think there's a term like that. I'm like, uh, that's okay. Nobody pays me for this, so I don't really care. Um, crisping so, and twitching. Yeah, crispering and twitching. All right. <laughs> With that, John's got tears running down his eyes now, which is why this is a open table, community roundtable podcast. Uh, Corey Romero, uh, what's going on with the experts? Nothing, right? You guys are kind of silent. Uh, getting ready for a VM world. When are you guys going to do a call for all the people that missed the first release? Corey's probably not even on the call anymore. He's probably dropped off. Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, what do you mean <laughs> the first release? <laughs> I missed well, that. we do we do calls per year for V experts, right? And uh, and now we have a bunch of V experts, and they're all being the good V experts that they are. Uh, but we yeah. usually then open for people that want to catch it before VM world. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we'll open those in May, and we'll announce uh, right around August before VMworld. Which, believe it or not, May, it's already April 17th, so May is in the right. 15 days. And I want to know where the, where the year has gone, right? Like it, yeah. it feels like we finally got out of winter, and maybe that's what it is. It's just we lived in winter so long here that we right. don't know that it's summer yet. Um, but yeah, so that's in a couple of weeks. Uh, you'll open that up for for the I don't want to call them stragglers, but the the newbies, the second new guys, half. second half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the, the new, for the newbie experts. Yeah. And if you if you missed it or you didn't make it, um, you had some time to do some more social evangelizing and get your get your pencil sharper and uh, do a better app. And maybe you'll make it for the uh, for the VXPR party. And when we're talking to the, about VMworld. Uh, we are going to have a expert party. That's not like the hackathon. We're saving money for that okay. one, uh, and we'll we'll reach out to to Pat again, try to get him there. I'm certainly happy with that. And I think Sanjay Poonin has been making the rounds mm -hmm. on these type mm -hmm. of events as well. Uh, he been he was at the VMUG uh, leadership meeting where he came and drank and talked, gave a little announcement, and met people. So possibly we could get uh, both Pat and Sanjay at that event. And, and just to confirm, second half of the experts are allowed to come to the entire party, not just the second half of the party. That's 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 what they're saying. Okay. I, I don't know though. I, 
I, I'm on the fence, but uh, right. Corey, you know, fights the battle every time. He goes, right. no, they, they deserve to come to the whole party. Got it. Okay. Corey, do you want to, you, you know, advocate for the whole party? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I kind of missed that little piece, but what what do you mean the whole party? I was just saying that second half of the experts uh, traditionally have only been allowed to come to the second half of the, uh, the Emerald party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No, they get to come to the entire party. <laughs> we're thinking we're only going to give them a bucket with half the quarters in it. You only get, you get half. Six quarters because <laughs> you didn't make the whole year. Made it funny. All right. All right. All right. Well, thanks for that that update, Corey. We're looking forward to that. And then uh, last thing on the list uh, as we hit 12.48 here on the show uh, is vSphere GA release. And I think we have some vMug updates as well. So which do we hit first? Do we do, a, do, we do vSphere or do we do vMug? I can go through uh, the vMug uh, really quickly. Yeah. There's actually some events today. So if you're listening to it, it's probably – I think the, the Wichita VMUG meeting is going until 5 p.m. Central time, so uh, you're, you're probably going to be super late for that. Um, same thing with the uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana uh, VMUG, although that one's actually from 5.30 to 8.30 Eastern time, so there's still time to go there. Uh, tomorrow is the St. Louis uh, VMUG EaserCon, April 18th. Um, there is a VMUG meeting in Russia. Uh, but the, it's in Cyrillic, so actually I have no idea um, exactly where. Um, but that's 2 p.m. to 7 p.m. Uh, Russian time. There's a Cleveland VMUG V-Beers, uh, April 18th from 4 to 8 um, in Akron, Ohio. Melbourne V-Beers uh, tomorrow as well, April 18th uh, in Melbourne, Australia, obviously. Uh, Lexington VMUG meeting on the 19th, Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, 11.30 to 2.30 uh, local time. The Japan VMUG, uh, a, a small and medium-sized business, uh, scale working group meeting uh, in Tokyo, April 19th. Egypt VMUG, uh, covering uh, VMware disaster recovery on April 20th. And Kansas City VMUG uh, on the 22nd. And I think that takes us to uh, next Tuesday. Neat, neat. Um, uh, our own Julia Klaus. She actually had a recommendation that we take a look at some of the popular tweets and give a shout out to some of the popular tweets that are out there this week. Um, there was one that came to mind. Uh, Duncan Epping did a, a pretty good blog article um, where he's talking, I forget, talking about vSAN. Uh, so go check out uh, Duncan's, I think, Yellow Bricks uh, site. He had uh, something that I think was trending in social, uh, maybe had uh, 50 or 60 likes and retweets, maybe 25, 30 retweets, where he did a pretty good article uh, on something to do with vSAN. I forget what the topic was, uh, but uh, that was a shout out. There was another shout out by Lee Coswell uh, on Twitter. Uh, they talked uh, a little bit about uh, HPE, HP Enterprise, supporting vSAN and their, their kind of uh, modular block components uh, that, they, that they sell, and they're supporting vSAN now in that architecture. So that was a shout out that Lee had uh, retweeted uh, as well. So some movement there with HPE. Um, and those are just two of the ones that I saw that were that, that trended a little bit that showed up on my my radar. So maybe we'll do a little bit of the news section where we just do some shout outs on some of the popular blog articles or uh, tweets that are out there. So if you want to, you can direct tweet at me if you see something, Eric and I Pro uh, for next week's podcast. If you see something that's trending that you want me to mention, happy to do a shout out on that in the news because we we have a news section that's a little bit thin, so happy to do that. And then finally, vSphere GA release of 6.7 U2. Um, don't know if I know anything about it. Right. So Support for the Swedish keyboard. Swedish keyboard. Nice. That's been a problem of mine for a lot of years. And, uh, <laughs> and now every time I pull out my Swedish keyboard, I, I will do that. I know it went GA last week. Mm -hmm. um, we did ask a couple of people to join us for the call, but most of them had previous commitments and couldn't get there's some customer visits going on. Right, right. And uh, the, uh, the partner summit is next week, so a lot yeah. of people are probably finalizing. Um, right, and that, uh, no, the, the, a shout out to the people 
at the Empower Conference that's happening this week. Oh, this week. Yep, that's, in Atlanta. Uh, we, uh, we had uh, Josh there to do a tweet up. Um, and that's, that's happening. So to everybody that's at, uh, in Atlanta right now, I uh, hope you're having a good time and uh, do a shout out to those guys. Uh, a lot of them asked for us to do a tweet up. Don't know if uh, that's actually going to happen or not. Uh, we couldn't get Josh in to the space. Mm -hmm. We were short on tickets. Uh, but I think he was going to try to reach out to some people and meet him at a bar. Oh, buy, very cool. buy everybody a beer if they can get a chance to do that. Uh, so shout out to everybody in Orlando that's uh, at the Empower Conference. And but yes, yeah, some of the six out seven U two guys were uh, there, as well as some customer briefings that are happening. Got it. Uh, one other shout out was uh, Sanjay Poonen. Actually, if you follow him on Twitter, he's a great guy to follow. Uh, he. He did some retweets on customer visits where uh, they were talking about the whole cloud native space. And you know, a lot of enterprise customers are looking at that next generation apps. And so he was pretty excited with uh, a combination of uh, uh, Kubernetes uh, that we're offering on top of vSphere, as well as uh, VeloCloud, uh, or Cloud Health, sorry, not Cloud Health, mm -hmm. uh, as well as uh, Wavefront. So those combinations apparently are doing really well when they're talking corporate pitches. And uh, I think with Heptio as well, you know, coming in and then giving you a transition from building your apps, you know, in an old style way to mm -hmm. building your apps in a modern way with services, with our products, which really comes down to uh, uh, Kubernetes, uh, our uh, PK, PK, S, PKS. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to say PKE, but it's really PKS with Wavefront, Heptio, uh, and Cloud Health really is ringing with enterprise customers. So if you're out in the field, you probably want to you know, start learning about this as we've covered it on our, in our podcast as well, because it will be one of those things that enterprises are starting to move towards. Yeah, I actually submitted a VMworld session on this, the, the progression of the uh, uh, IT department. One thing that I think that, you know, as IT professionals and operators, we need to start thinking about is this emergence of this platform engineering team um, where, you know, you're not just providing infrastructure as a service, you're providing platform for software developers to develop on. Um, and since that's such a large part of the value of, of companies now is uh, developing software that's customer facing. So things like providing uh, Kubernetes as a service, providing cloud monitoring and, uh, and uh, management and uh, metrics, you know, as part of a platform. And I think that, you know, VMware seems to be pushing a lot into this space, you know, platform, uh, platform services. So yeah, it, it, it's interesting because I've, I've been working with a guy inside of VMware called David Jasso, hmm. uh, and he works in marketing. Uh, he's in a kind of uh, a role where they're trying to look at what does it mean to build a new cloud architect program, mm -hmm. right? Um, and you know, harnessing cloud architects to kind of in this whole space of cloud ops, cloud 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 architects, kind of gelling around what does this whole space look like? How do we operationalize it? How do we architect for it? Um, which is almost like a new set of skills and a new and it's forming. It's a little bit scary because I've talked to other people about it forming around uh, kind of like network admins form around network and network mm -hmm. architectures, compute to compute storage to storage. Now we have cloud doing cloud, right? New, and, new silo. Yeah, and a new set of people and from a community perspective, this is natural because you know you have people that can you know join around a skill set. Uh, and then organizations organize around function. So it's pretty common to do that. And even though we like to make sure that everybody all comes together as one big one. Uh, the reality is there's organizational, you know, pressure to, to create these, what you call silos. Centers of excellence. Centers of excellence, correct. Mm -hmm. And so we're looking at how do we uh, build programs, the vExpert cloud program might plug into that, right, mm -hmm. to, to create uh, a sense of community around these tasks of architecting cloud services. Yeah. You know? yeah. So everything moving. Um, interesting for all of us, our three million practitioners, what does it mean? How do we manage it? To some degree, if you have a job that you're just running in the hospital where all these customer records are private, you can't have them out on the cloud, you probably don't have to worry too much about this. Right? Right, uh, right. Other than maybe modern uh, 
services will come your way over time and you'll have to build infrastructure to support that. But then Kubernetes on vSphere works quite nicely for that. So. Right. Well, I think that, you know, HIPAA compliant cloud services are probably right around the corner. Um, you know, then it becomes like, you know, the organization and what risk it's willing to accept. Right. And, uh, you know, that's just, uh, okay. you know, an individual organization's choice. So. Okay. The last thing on the list is we do have a hard stop at 1 o'clock because we're going to go meet the people from Women Who Code with Kripa. Uh, but before we do that, uh, we should talk about the V Barbecue Report and uh, safety. So, Corey Romero, I hear that uh, we do have to talk safety, kind of like, uh, you know, making sure that cookies are properly handled, you know, you know for your private information. What do you got on the V Barbecue Report? You had to call me out from the story I told you, didn't you? <laughs> yes. All right. So I, I, yeah, I have a I have a Traeger uh, pellet smoker barbecue, and uh, I haven't used it in a while. And um, I uh, I went to go barbecue tri tips for my son over the week, and I turned it on and it smoked pretty bad. And you know, about 20 minutes later, the entire uh, Traeger is engulfed in flames. Um, I grabbed some baking soda, got it put out. And uh, we had tri-tips put back on within 30 minutes, and uh, they came out fine. But uh, they came out fine. yeah, if you have a pellet barbecue, don't don't clean it often underneath, right? Because the pellets, when you shut it off, the pellets push out. And I had uh, probably three shovelfuls of pellets under there that get <laughs> caught on fire. Now, do you have to clean your barbecue? I thought that you're not supposed to ever clean your barbecue, like. So well, I don't really clean the grill that much, but but the pellet barbecues when you turn them off, often the uh, the fire inside goes out, and then what happens is the barbecue still pushes out the pellets, or even when you turn it on, it starts pushing out pellets. So sometimes you can overflow the little, little over accumulation you know. of fuel. Yeah, yeah, right. unburnt. Right. So, Corey, um, this is funny that you're telling the story. The exact same thing happened to me. Really? In my trigger, yeah. The exact same thing happened to me. I didn't even know you had a trigger, oh, let yeah. alone that, that you burned it. Trigger for life. Yeah, nice. I'm going with the egg. You know, I'm, I'm, big green egg? Yeah, yeah the big Ceramic. green egg. Uh, okay. I saw one. I saw one. Uh, I was at somewhere. Uh, I don't want to say Home Depot, but somewhere they had them. And the barbecue was the lower, I want to say? Yeah, something yeah. like that. They had it. Okay, we're at the top of the hour. Tony Foster, anything to add? Or are you good to go? Yeah, I, I think we're good to go. That was way too good of a barbecue report uh, for me to talk. <laughs> All right. Well, sweet. Thanks a lot for everybody listening. Next week, we're going to have V-Realize, uh, V-Realize team on. Uh, there is a new release. They're excited about it. So we've got them booked. And uh, and I think we have uh, another another uh, uh, code evangelist coming on the week after next. So. As always, we'll keep going. I'm getting excited about VMworld. We're starting to layer on work. I feel the stress. I feel a few more gray hairs showing up. Um, I don't know how many more years I'm going to be able to do this. It's killing me. But uh, that and uh, yeah, go give my Twitch channel a like, and I will appreciate it. And uh, we will be here again next week. Until then, have a great week. Take it easy, everybody.